Hi, and welcome to episode 48 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. In this episode, I'm sipping and mixing Skipper Rum, a rare, at least rare here in the U.S., non-Eldorado branded Demerara rum. I'll also talk about what I sometimes refer to as the Lapu class of tropical cocktails, and just in time for hockey season, mix my version of a Lapu drink, the Chief Kopi Kopi. Now, when I first encountered the Skipper Rum on the shelf, I was a little bit skeptical. Uh, it proclaimed to be a fine old Demerara rum. In the U.S., I'm not used to seeing a non-Eldorado or Lemonheart or now Hamilton Demerara rum. I know that outside the U.S., there are many, many varieties of Demerara rum. Uh, they all, if you recall correctly from previous episodes, they all come from the same distillery on Guiana, Demerara Distillers Limited, and Eldorado is their house brand. But generally speaking, they're all coming from the same place. And the only ones that really have distribution in the U.S. that I that are of any um, you know any easy to find are the Eldorado rums, and to a certain extent, the Hamiltons. Now, now uh, the way this bulk rum is handled once Demerara Distillers Limited uh, is you know sells it off can lead to very different results. So here's this bottle that appeared from parts unknown with a, an odd drawing of a seagoing captain on the label, and I and I really wasn't sure what to make of it. Um, I kind of ignored it for a good long time. Eventually, curiosity won out, plus I wanted a new Demerara for the show, and so I procured a bottle. Um, and so let's start, um, as is the new way to do it here, let's start with the tasting. Um, and we'll, my notes here, uh, in terms of appearance, uh, it's a relatively tall bottle with a screw cap and the aforementioned naval captain drawn upon that label. It is listed as 45% alcohol by volume. It's a dark reddish brown in the bottle. And when poured into a glass, it's a, a deep, dark brown. Uh, swirling that rum around in the glass will lead to a, a thin line up at the top that event gradually turns to fat droplets that slowly descend the side of the glass. Uh, Aroma-wise, you get a lot of wood and a little bit of earthiness or leather um, aroma from this rum. Sort of a mild astringency, um, not too much sugar on the nose. Um, nothing too out of line with something that's a little bit higher than 40%. Uh, alcohol by volume since again this one's 45 percent it's going to be 90 proof um, i'm trying hard to find some smokiness in there but it's not immediately apparent because smokiness is uh one of those characteristics that's pretty typical of demerara rum uh taste have a sip here mm, um a little sharp and slightly more medicinal than my normal demerara rums that i have at home uh, a little bit of heat and a little bit of pepper on the tongue uh, taken on its own, it feels like a, a medium body, maybe a medium to heavy body. Um, and though I wonder if I'd feel the same if I was tasting it next to an Eldorado 8 or a Hamilton 86. So, and I got to that in uh, just a moment here. Um, I like that it's pretty dry and isn't overly woody. Um, and after a good number of sips, I either did hit upon a smoky element or I just kind of talked my way into it. Um, the finish I found to be not that hot despite being 90 proof. Uh, fades away pretty quickly with the exception of that medicinal or licorice taste that's left on the tongue. Eventually that fades away also, but that's not really the flavor I'd like to have as the last lingering element of a rum, uh, just my personal preference. Um, summary on this rum, um, I do like the aroma and the taste more than the finish. Uh, this would not be a sipper for me, but I think it could mix well in a multi-rum cocktail. Uh, I can also see this rum cutting through other flavors and balancing out some of the sweetness in a cocktail. Um, and that is great news because that's exactly what I plan to use it for. Now, my go-to Demerara mixer at home is the Hamilton 86, and I don't see this replacing that, uh, but I am generally in favor of more Demerara options being available out on the market. Um, I eventually did do a side-by-side -side with the Eldorado 8 and found this one, again, to be a little bit more licorice, uh, but not that far off of Eldorado 8.
Now, how about using this rum in a daiquiri? Because uh, that's another thing I like to do with any rum that I haven't had before. Put that to the daiquiri test. So I made a daiquiri with this uh, with the skipper rum. I found it to be not bad, although I made it with a simple syrup, and I think it would pair better with a demerara syrup for obvious reasons. And I think it needs to play off of the sweetness of that sugar to balance out. It's not crisp like a daiquiri made with a silver rum, so I think that would you know those two things would balance each other out. Obviously, quite naturally, because demerara rum, demerara sugar, there's a pretty direct connection there. Um, now let's get into the history of the production of this rum. When it comes to cold hard facts about Skipper Rum, uh, the trail on the internet runs cold pretty quickly. The official site, which is linked to in the show notes for what it's worth, is pretty much a non-starter. There's no real info to be had there. So to glean any information on this rum, um, it's off to other reviews. Um, and I found, you know, that's where I had to go to, to try and find any information at all about the production process. Uh, I did find a little bit of information on Difford's Guide, which I've linked to in the show notes. And they... They gave me probably the most complete, uh, short, albeit short, in, uh, amount of information on this rum. Um, they indicate it's a blend of seven rums that are aged at least three years in bourbon barrels. Uh, and since it's a rum from Guiana, you know, as I mentioned before, it's from Demerara Distillers Limited or Diamond Distillery, if you prefer. Uh, Difford's claims that two of the seven rums in the blend are from DDL's Wood Stills. Uh, those are the Port Morant Pot Still and the Enmore Coffee Still. Skipper Rum is distributed by a company, a UK company called Marblehead. Um, I'll go into and do a little bit more exploration of El Dorado and DDL's famous stills and a topic for another show, probably when I talk about El Dorado 15 year. But for the purposes of Skipper Rum, know that if the Port Morant still is involved, you're getting a wooden double pot still um, that was used to produce rums that go into El Dorado 8, El Dorado 12, El Dorado 15, and 25. Um, in addition to being part of the blend that makes up Pusser's rum as well, because Pusser's, uh, again, topic for a future show, but Pusser's is a blend of a couple different ones, in, including rums from Guiana uh, and Trinidad. So back to the Skipper rum. The Skipper rum has some lineage uh, that ties it back to those types of rums by virtue of how it's distilled. The rum, this rum itself is bottled in Glasgow, which makes it the closest I've come to, uh, closest I've come when trying to find one of the n- numerous European bottlings of uh, DDL Guiana rum. This is the closest I've had to that. This is an instance where, again, bulk rum from DDL is shipped off um, and then somebody else takes that raw or um, sort of, you know, sort of bulk rum and does something with it, how they age it, where they age it, uh, those sorts of things. That's how they kind of make that rum into their own. Uh, where to find Skipper rum? Locally, I find this rum uh, at Beverage Warehouse in Southern California. Your best bet, unless you have a really good local store, would be to check online. Uh, I bought my bottle for around $27 American. It's not bad at that price, but I'd be hard-pressed to recommend buying this instead of Eldorado 8 or Hamilton 86 if you uh, if you only want to have one Demerara rum in your, in your bar if you're pressed for space or it's just not something you really explore that often. Um, I'd say probably start with uh, Eldorado 8 or Hamilton 86. Um, if you want to expand your Demerara collection, then yeah, definitely go forth, try this one out, uh, see if you like it. You may find that the flavor suits uh, the type of cocktails that you like to make uh, better than one of those other rums. So next up, I want to talk about a vintage tropical drink template called the Lapu Lapu. So what is the Lapu Lapu? Um, generally speaking, the Lapu Lapu is was a largest, large-ish excuse me, tropical cocktail that featured a good amount of juice, so it often wasn't quite the killer that you might think it would be based on the size of it alone. Uh, though there, To be fair, there are some recipes that are quite potent. Um, They usually feature bright tropical flavors like pineapple and orange with other modifiers in some versions to help them stand out or separate themselves from from the pack. Um, They were yet another cocktail that became 
so popular that it became expected to see it on a tropical cocktail menu during the heyday of the 50s and the 60s uh, in those tropical and tiki bars. Um, If that sounds familiar, you're recognizing that this is a pattern that repeats itself uh, across many industries. Once you start to see it, it's hard to not see the pattern in a lot of places. Um, So once something's successful, everybody else, rather than come up with something else that's different that wants to be successful or that could become successful, they try and clone that one template that's already proven to be popular. Now, a good number of these Lapu drinks are, you know, some of my favorite established tiki cocktails. They are are probably, yeah, they're probably, they're nice big drinks that fill a tiki mug, but don't necessarily pack the same punch as a zombie or a jet pilot or a 151 swizzle, you know, depending on the recipe. Some of them are pretty high octane. Some of them are just ones that you can sip for a little while. Um, there's examples documented in Beach Bumberry Remixed and elsewhere, uh, other books. So in Beach Bumberry Remixed, um, the Chief Lapu Lapu is introduced by Jeff Berry by way of a short story, uh, very short, just a short account of the historical Chief Lapu Lapu, who really was a person. Um, he was uh, a native of the Philippines who killed the explorer Magellan in 1521. The exact origin of the drink itself isn't known, but Berry does confirm that it first appeared on various menus uh, in the 1950s, and it usually appeared as a communal drink. Uh, the titular cocktail, Chief Lapu Lapu, first appeared in Barry's Grog Log, but an improved, I mean, excuse me, an improved version was uh, then reprinted or printed again in Beach Bunbury Remixed. Uh, there's a picture in the show notes of a standard Lapu Lapu um, served, uh, in this case, in a goblet, uh, which is one of the many presentations, including, like I said, of a, you know, it could be also in a tiki mug. Um, some other famous Lapus um, at the Tambu Lounge at the Polynesian Resort in Walt Disney World, there's a Lapu Lapu that's served in a hollowed out pineapple, uh, similar to another Lapu style drink, the Bulu. Uh, there's a Lapu Lapu listed in Liquid Vacation, which is the recipe book from Frankie's Tiki Room. Uh, it's listed as one of the classic cocktails in that, not an original, but one of their uh, classics from the, the back of the book. Um, and arguably, arguably one of the most famous and well-remembered Lapus was found at the Royal Hawaiian restaurant in Laguna Beach. The Royal Hawaiian opened in 1947 uh, changed buildings in sometime in the 1960s and actually closed twice. Uh, the first time it closed was in 2006, um, after which most of the tiki uh, elements were removed and it was remodeled. And then it closed for good in 2012, uh, when at that point they stopped letting people in the door at all. There is a thread on Tiki Central uh, that uh, that's a link to that in the show notes with a version of the Royal Hawaiian Lapu Lapu. That was their signature drink. Uh, there's another version that I've linked to in the show notes that was published in 2011 on the great-taste.net website, uh, just something that turned up when I was doing a search for the Royal Hawaiian Lapu Lapu recipe. That's pretty much what you'd expect from this recipe. It's an orange juice, pineapple juice, passion fruit mix uh, that's mixed with light rum, and then once that's put into a goblet, a uh, float of dark rum is added to give it that nice presentation because having, having the dark rum on top separated from the rest of the cocktail looks very nice when you serve that to one, uh, one of the customers. So wanting to make my own Lapu Lapu drink, um, what did I do? I, so I deciphered the, what looked, well, I wanted to see if there was a ratio behind this like there is for like a daiquiri and a Mai Tai. So I ran across a bunch of these types of recipes that started to look familiar, started sketching them out and try and get a handle on the different ratios. Um, so I copied out the recipes by hand and broke them down into different parts. There's the spirit part, the juice part, the sugar part, and whatever modifiers there might be. Uh, different ones that I that I jotted down, the Chief Lapu Lapu, of course, the Aku Aku Lapu, the Spindrift, the Bulu, the Kikua Lapu, and the Reverb Crash. Those are just some examples. Um, there's also a photo in the show notes of how they broke down by parts. 
I eventually settled on a starting point of 3.5 ounces of rum, although it does include some 151 rum, so it's actually probably closer to 4.5 ounces of rum effect, if you will, uh, four ounces of juice, and one and a half ounces of syrup. From there, I played around with adding modifiers, but I really didn't go too far down that rabbit hole. Um, the drink itself may have benefited from more experimentation, but superstition can sometimes be a very powerful force. So as I mentioned, I went through three or four iterations on my Lapu before I settled into something I thought would be okay to serve to others and that I thought represented the style I was going for. This was probably in 2011 or 2012. I should probably date my notebooks for a little more consistency. Uh, but I recall that I was watching a lot of Los Angeles Kings hockey at the time. One of my favorite players on the team, Andre Kopitar, is often referred to as Kopi by his teammates. Now, sports players seem to have an aversion to referring to each other by their actual given names, so rather than Andre or Kopitar, it becomes Kopi. You know, everybody gets shortened to an I or a Y at the end of their name. So this was how the drink became known as the Chief Kopi Kopi. Now, not only am I not a big, or not only am I a big Kings fan, but I'm also a regular attendee of their games. Uh, I have a half-season plan, so I end up at the at the Staples Center quite often. Now, as the playoffs started in the spring of 2012, if I wasn't at a home game for the playoffs, I was planted in front of the TV. And during the first round series, uh, before the first game I watched at home, I made a Chief Kopi Kopi to go with the first away game. They won, and so naturally that became the cocktail for the next away game, and I did the same thing. They won again, and at that point there was no change in the recipe, nor was there any changing of my game ritual. Uh, the Kings won the Stanley Cup that year for the first time, and actually only lost four games in the entire playoffs. And I'm not saying that the cocktail had anything to do with it, it absolutely did not. I'm just saying that I wasn't going to rock the boat by forgetting to make one of these before I watched the game. So the following spring, um, because Tiki Caliente is usually during the time when the playoffs are, are uh, in effect, uh, when I, I served this drink, the Chief Kopi Kopi, at the Tiki Caliente Five Room Crawl. I didn't win that year, but I have no regrets about my choice of what to serve. Good number of people enjoyed it, and so this is the recipe uh, if you want to make one at home. It is two ounces of Demerara rum, here using the Skipper rum, one ounce of gold Puerto Rican rum using Cruzon Amber, three-quarter ounce of 151 Demerara rum, Hamilton 151 in this case, two ounces of orange juice, one ounce of fresh-squeezed and only fresh-squeezed lime juice, one-half ounce of fresh-squeezed white grapefruit juice if you have it. If you don't have it, uh, use a half ounce of unsweetened white grapefruit juice and add a dash of Fee's grapefruit bitters. That'll up the grapefruit uh, quotient just a little bit. Uh, One-half ounce of pineapple juice, three-quarter ounce of passion fruit syrup, and three-quarter ounce of Demerara sugar syrup. Uh, shake that with ice cubes and pour unstrained into a large tiki mug. Add more ice, share it with a friend, or don't. Go Kings. Uh, presentation, there's, again, picture in the show notes. I keep the presentation pretty simple on this one. Um, I have the, it's known as the Lil Waha Nui mug from Tiki Farm. Uh, you would think, based on the name Lil, it would be small, but it's actually a pretty big mug. Um, and I use a purple straw if I have one on hand. Otherwise, I just use whatever straw I have available. I skip the fruit and the mint garnish on this one um, and just sip it from that mug. In terms of taste, it has a you know a fairly thick mouthfeel from the syrups that are being used. The Demerara sugar syrup that I usually, uh, I usually mix that at about a 1.5 to 1 ratio. Passion fruit syrup, I mix that at a 1 to 1 sugar syrup ratio, but it still gives it a little bit more mouthfeel uh, just by virtue of being, you know, having that passion fruit element to it with fresh passion fruit. Um, and the juice is pretty prominent in the mix. Uh, using a fair bit of Demerara rum, both the overproof and the regular, helps cut down on the sweetness a little bit then. And then the lighter bodied rums uh, would probably not work so well in this case because they would not be able to combat the heavy juiciness and syrup of it. So that's why you need a little bit 
stronger rum, a little bit thicker rum, a little bit darker rum. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number5minutesofrum.com. This show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. On iTunes, you can subscribe, you can rate the show, you can even leave a review. The show is also on Twitter as at 5 Minutes of Rum. That's the at symbol, number 5 Minutes of Rum. Please send in any, in, in any comments, corrections, feedback, pronunciation guides, or requests via the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter. And now, go get some rum. <laughs>